Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Everybody to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado, and I'm so glad you're here. Boy, a time like no other on the planet for many of us. Uh, for the rest of us, um, a time like no other on the planet. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure no one's going to argue with that. We're glad you're here. You're making a choice to put only good things in your mind this hour. It's uh, going to help you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships, starting with the relationship with yourself. And today we have joining us uh, again, welcoming back Stan Tatkin, who's uh, really well known for his work, uh, in his previous work, Wired for Love. A lot of you know that uh, across the world. And he's got a new book out, Wired for Dating. That's what we're going to be talking about this hour. Um, and we're going to weave in some politics, the politics of dating, uh, we're going to speak to how we meet and greet another human being uh, in, in the, the midst of it all. Uh, and at the end of the hour, you will walk away feeling more shored up, we hope, uh, more resourced and for sure uh, wired for dating on some level. And you'll, you'll get a copy of Stan's book uh, during the break, we hope. And uh, in the meantime, let's do what I invite everybody to do at the beginning of the program and that's to cultivate our practice. If you don't have a practice and you don't know what that means, well, here we go. Uh, it, it means creating resources so we can stay awake as we move through the world. Um, if you have a practice and you want to join us at this point, we find our breath. Notice our breath. Nothing to do about it. Just notice where it might be in your body, it's in your belly or your chest. Maybe bring some attention to the breath in terms of deepening the breath. It's really great for your nervous system. If you're driving, taking that big audible breath, sometimes you can let your shoulders drop away from your earlobes or whatever you're doing out there right now. (sighs) Yeah, giving yourself the gift of your own attention. That's the first part of our practice. The second thing we do together while we're breathing in and out with intention and consciousness I was looking for a portal of gratitude. I have a gigantic one today. Um, I'll share that in a little bit. I don't know what yours is. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? That is a wonderful place to start. It is not easy to get grateful, people. There is a lot going on in all of our lives, and gratitude is not so easy to cultivate. We, We feel bad sometimes when we can't get there. So this is a wonderful inquiry. It's a good portal. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? 
And I'm going to go down my list of folks, and you can multitask here. You can listen to the wonderful folks who help make it possible for us to bring you this program. Our honorary sponsor is the OneWorldChildrensFund.org. If you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. That's at the global level. At the national level, we've got the National Action Organization. They are committed to changing the way our culture values each other. Oh, hello. What a timely offer these people have. NACTION.org. They make this program possible. 100% of the proceeds go to programming just like this. Check them out online, NACTION.org. And at the local level, we've got the uh, uh, Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California. If you like bookstores, I know so many of you who tune in do. Um, if you're not only interested in the audiobooks and you like to troll around a bookstore, the Open Secret is a great place to go in Northern California. They've been sponsoring this program for uh, about a decade. So that said, I'm going to add one more to the list, and if, forgive me if I get a little misty, but I want to give a shout-out to Marin General Hospital. We just brought my husband home this morning who um, successfully navigated heart surgery and has been given the gift of life, and the whole staff there is amazing, and... Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say right now, but we are some grateful people in this little tribe here that we've got my husband home, and, uh, yeah, grateful to be here to be able to do my show. So, yeah, on that note, as you notice your breath and whatever's happening in your life and whatever kind of gratitude you can cultivate, let's talk a little bit about our guest today and the gifts that he's bringing, because now that we're present, we can receive his gifts uh, of his presence that he's bringing, dating, oh, what a word. This brings up so much for so many of us. I don't know where you are on this spectrum, folks. There are hundreds of thousands of folks in the United States, even millions, who are dating, who are single, and find this journey terrifying on one end of the spectrum and complex at the other extreme, right? There's so much to know. And Stan and his wife, uh, they have created a beautiful uh, ideology, uh, something they call psychobiological dating. Uh, we're going to break that down for you, understanding how this, how your attachment style can help you navigate this dating world. And he's got lots of great resources for us. Um, his book is called Wired for Dating, how, to, how understanding neurobiology and attachment style can help you find your ideal mate. This hour, uh, Stan's going to break it down for us as much as possible, and you will walk away. Uh, either reinforcing some of the things you already know about Stan's work uh, or, uh, wow, you're going to be really thrilled because there, there are answers and, and wonderful resources for you. So let me tell you, for the folks who don't know who Stan is, um, for the handful of you, Stan is a clinician, researcher, teacher, and developer with his wife, as I mentioned, Tracy, of a psychobiological approach to couple therapy. They call it PACT, P-A-C-T. He's got a clinical practice in Southern California. He teaches and supervises residents at Kaiser Permanente, Woodland Hills, and is an assistant clinical professor at the UCLA David Geffen School of Medicine. He's also trained in Vipassana meditation and uh, two Japanese forms of psychotherapy, Marita and Nikan. Uh, we might talk to him a little bit about that, but he's joining us today to help us navigate the dating world. We're so glad you're here, Stan. Welcome back. Thank you, Marianne, and I'm very, very happy to hear about your husband. Oh, thank you. We are, too. A little 
roar just went through our culture. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, relationships are, are everything for us, Dan. Isn't that right? We are wired to be in relationship. Let's start there. We are. We are. I mean, there are maybe some anomalies out there, but for the most part, most human beings on this planet are wired to connect. We need to bond. We need to be tethered to at least one other person. Uh, hopefully many people, but at least one other person. So that is in our DNA, absolutely. Yep. This is important to know. It's how we survive. And like you said, there are the anomaly or people right now not choosing uh, at this time on your path. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't have other types of relationships, right? And there's a variety of ways to be connected. But today we're going to be talking about the more romantic, intimate relationship. Is that right? Yeah. That's right, yes. And you're quite right. There are many ways to be connected to someone in the way we're talking about romance is just yeah. one of them. Yeah. So a lot of folks are tuning in today because they find themselves, some, as I mentioned, pulling their hair out. Mm-hmm. Dating is just, like, just a nightmare for some folks. And there's a number of reasons for that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, people have got their pen and pads and they're like, yeah, I get that this is complicated. Help me navigate this gauntlet here because it's just, you know, it's really complicated. Yeah. So let's start with PACT. What is PACT and, and how, how is this going to help our folks? Well, PACT uh, stands for a psychobiological approach to couple therapy. And when we're talking about psychobiology, we're talking about brain and body. So psychobiologists such as as me uh, and my students, we study the brain and we study the body. Okay. So just as a recap, this is a huge conversation, especially for folks who love somatic work. We're we're, uh, a Western culture that is finally bringing the body back into the equation. That's true. It matters. It's not enough people to just think things through, concepts. We know that if this were true, we'd all be just perfect. <laughs> That's right. You know, you read a book. Haven't you, have you ever wondered this uh, early on? You know, you read a book and you're like, what, why is this disparity still here? I know the right thing to do, but I'm not doing it. Help us understand that. Let's bridge that gap. Well, in terms of dating, I think there are too many messages out there that are mixed. And, uh, you know, I talk about it in the book, myths about love. And, uh, you know, so some of the more annoying ones, uh, you know, you've got to love yourself before you can love another person. Um, you've got to know yourself before you can know another person. And these things just really are not true. Um, knowing and loving are uh, two things that, that uh, are accomplished uh, in tandem with each other, with, uh, with a relationship. Uh, they're not done by yourself. They're not done in a cave or a pit stop. You have to do this with a person in order to learn. And so you learn to love yourself by loving another person very, very well and, of course, being loved in return. You learn yourself uh, by learning another person very well and thereby also being, you know, the other person is doing the same thing with you. So this is a problem. There are a lot of people out there waiting uh, for their time to start to date, and the time is now. Uh, and as far as dating being a chore, being difficult, it depends on how you think of it. If people are honing their skills or their interpersonal skills, learning how to size up people, the Sherlock people, investigate, uh, be sleuths, and also learn the language of, uh, of, of uh, talk, uh, uh, then 
then the dating is not so much, uh, you know, uh, a means to an end. Uh, it is actually the process itself. It should be fun to meet new people, to explore new people, to learn how to be with people, uh, and, and to collect as much information without making another person uncomfortable as possible. And so here we're trying to really adjust people's attitudes uh, about dating. That is yeah. just, an, it's, it is being social. It is a way to learn. This is a really good context. I'm going to back up a little bit and, and, and sort of uh, press in. I want to lean into the idea that knowing ourselves and loving ourselves is a, you know, not necessarily uh, a truism. It's a myth uh, as it relates to uh, finding a, a partner. Um, do you think, that sounds so black or white, though, don't you think knowing, for example, if you have proclivities for this or that, patterns, family history, I mean, all of these things could actually help you understand, uh, understanding yourself can help you teach the other person about yourself versus being oblivious to yourself. So I, I'm not hearing you saying don't know yourself, but it's oh, no. not the only, you know, we don't have to fully know ourselves before we get in. Is that what you're saying? I, I, well, I, I think it's a partial answer. You know, uh, uh, being a, a long-time meditator and person, you know, uh, uh, involved in Vipassana, uh, I know myself and the teachers that I've known. Uh, there's one way to understand, understand feeling, understand thought, understand pain, suffering, is through meditative practice, and that's true. But it does not prepare us for the phenomenon, uh, the complexity of another person in real time. Yeah. And by real time, I mean interacting with someone in real time, not planning it, thinking about it, but actually doing it. Yeah. That process is so complex that even people who have mastered um, and become enlightened through their meditative practices uh, find relationship very difficult. <laughs> Exactly. Remember what Ram Dass said? He says, you want to know how spiritual you are? Go home and spend some time with your family. Spend some time with your family. Try to deal with your 13-year-old. Exactly. Uh, uh, or deal, deal with something difficult, either having to do with money, yeah. time, mess, sex, or kids with your, with your partner. So, yes, nothing more difficult on the planet than another person. Got it. So we get it. Add other, it becomes complicated. What are some of the other myths that are really prevalent out there around dating? You know, uh, there's a soulmate for you. Um, uh, with the millions of people on the planet, uh, this idea that there's a soulmate as if there is just one person for you is very discouraging if you think about it. Um, what are the chances uh, that you're going to meet your soulmate? Now, once people have somebody, they may say, I found my soulmate, and we have to decide what that really means. But some people really think uh, ahead of time that they're looking for their soulmate. They've got to find their soulmate. And they don't even really know what that means at all. Um, we pair bond by recognition. We pair bond by familiarity. And I say familial because it's, you know, we, in many ways, uh, that recognition process has to do with our memory systems. And our memory systems involve our earliest relationships. So that is a that is an unconscious non-conscious process that we're always doing if by that we mean our soulmate then fine because there's many many people out there uh, for us but the idea that there's one or two people is really very depressing i think mm -hmm. well one of the beautiful things that you've done in your book uh by the way if you're just joining us dan patkin is with us he's written a new book wired for dating um, you list most of the myths that are you know, sort of the main myths. So you get a 
when you get a copy of Stan's book, he, he goes through them all. And uh, really good to know that there are some, some very surprising myths uh, in the book as well. You've named a couple of them here. The other thing that you do that we're going to talk about now is you kind of unpack this whole psychobiological piece, sure. the attachment piece. What exactly does that mean? Uh, let's start there, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go forward after that. Well, it, with attachment, that, you know, uh, there, that's only one part of this model, only one part. And so attachment basically means how, how comfortable are we moving toward and away from somebody? How comfortable are we depending on one person? What fears do we have if we do? depend on a person do we uh do we want to run away because we're afraid of ourselves being stolen or our properties being taken and being co-opted by that other person exploited or do we run away because we're afraid we'll be abandoned or rejected or punished by that other person um, many of us grew up in families where the relationship did not come first uh, the culture uh, either put uh, performance or appearance first, or maybe that you had a duty to take care of an ailing parent or a depressed or alcoholic parent. Um, these are models that are not based on fairness, justice, and sensitivity. And secure models are based on mutuality, collaboration, fairness, justice, and sensitivity, as I mentioned. It's a two-person psychological system. And many of us roam the earth um, with our family culture that tells us that the relationship isn't going to be the most important thing, that we've got to protect ourselves, that we've got to take care of our self-interests. And that turns out to be poison for uh, romantic relationships mm -hmm. going forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just uh, in terms of the cultural <clears throat> consciousness, uh, we need to feel a part of uh, a community uh, a dyad, even if it's just another person, as you said. So this, the rippling effect here is, is pretty, pretty intense, right? Yes, because the couple is really the smallest unit of a society. Yeah. Uh, one person does not a society yeah. make. Yeah. And so any couple that, that joins together is actually operating, whether they like it or not, yeah. rules of social justice. Now, if that, if that system is in unjust and unfair, that spreads out to children and to family and to the community. So we have a vested interest in, in our organization uh, right. to spread secure functioning relationship yeah. around the world. So this is kind of like an ontological shift, folks, meaning yeah. like how we see reality stands going, uh, yeah, let's look over here. We're going to look from an entirely different perspective. We're, we're going to look at reality different. This is an important point. Because when we keep coming back to this point and you get yourself in relationship, we have to continually create these new neural pathways that go we instead of me, right? That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. And, and uh, a friend of mine, and people probably know who this is, Dan Siegel, um, calls it we. Yeah. <laughs> me and we. We. That's cute. Yeah, beautiful. The power of we, my husband and I like to call it. It's, it's in the collective. People are catching on, Stan, thanks to you and and, and other uh, folks around the world who really have been devoted to helping us bridge this gap between mind and body. And, and, and your program, it, it is unique in so many ways. Let's talk about some other unique uh, aspects of the PACT uh, training program. 
Well, the PACT training program is for therapists. So for those people who are clinicians out there, uh, we teach uh, PACT all over the world. We train therapists in this model. Um, but for the, for the general public, uh, we're basically making this, uh, uh, you know, this message of secure functioning that we want to spread uh, that people uh, or love need to think in terms of, of uh, survival, that the real basics of pair bonding, of getting together with another person, isn't necessarily about love the way we think of it. Mm-hmm. It's about survival. We pair bond not just to have offspring, but to protect each other from the environment, from the things that are coming down the pike, from predators. And this is what mammals do. But we seem to lose sight of that here in our country because we don't have bombs raining down on us. Mm-hmm. Police car partners get it because they have to bond together uh, in order to protect each other from that environment, uh, the environment that they work in. So they get it. You know, they, they tell each other everything. They protect each other. Uh, they have each other's backs. They're in the foxhole together. They, they know things about each other that even their spouses don't know. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they understand that together they survive, split apart, they are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And this is the message we're trying to get across right. to young people who are considering a partnership yeah. and older people. Beautiful. This is an amazing ship. Thanks for that differentiation there, folks. There is a training program for practitioners, and this work is available for the general public. That's what we're talking about right now, Wired for Dating, how understanding neurobiology and attachment style can help you find your ideal mate right here on Marion Live with Stan Tatkin. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to start to unpack a little bit about the archetypes of this work, um, the different styles, you could call it, that people operate from, and then and some more practical advice around, you know, interviewing skills when you do meet other folks. And we'll get back right here on Marion Live. Don't touch that dial, everybody. We'll be right back. More for you right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. 
sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Welcome back, everybody. What a thrill today. We've got Dr. Stan Katkin joining us. He's written another book for us, Wired for Dating is the title of this one, How Understanding Neurobiology and Attachment Style Can Help You Find Your Ideal Mate. All right, we're going to get very real here. We're going to unpack some of this, uh, uh, some of the bones in terms of understanding maybe your type or style. I called it archetype. Uh, and then we're going to really look at some of the big concerns that a lot of you are saying you're having online dating, what happens when we confuse chemistry for a good choice in partnership, and, you know, when is a good time to not move forward in relationship? Well, those are three of the areas and another thing. So, but let's talk about the, the um, styles, uh, as you call them, uh, the different uh, attachment styles or, or just, yeah, styles. You don't call them sure. attachment styles of uh, folks. Well, there, there, attachment, there is a, re, there is a research uh, element to this, and uh, to, rather than expose people to the nuts and bolts of it, but uh, attachment research has been going on since the 50s. Yeah. And it looks at the quality of relationship between mother, basically mother and infant or caregiver and infant, and how secure the baby feels with that relationship. There are ways of measuring that, but basically what it means is that the baby is not afraid of, of venturing out into the world, is not afraid of clinging, going back to the mother or their caregiver, Caregiver with, uh, without any kind of reprisal, and so you have a, you have a system where there's a, a, a great deal of attention and presence there available and resources available for the for the baby to uh, to feel safe in that relationship, safe enough to begin to develop a sense of self and to explore the world and to be autonomous and so on. So fast forward, you have adults who either come from that environment, that that uh, uh, that childhood. Or they don't. And if they don't, they have some variation of insecurity. And on one side of that spectrum might be insecurity about being left, being abandoned. So we call this group a, a, a group that clings, tends to cling, uh, for fear of being left or abandoned. Um, the other side of the spectrum, um, there may be a concern of interference with autonomy, interference with being oneself and, and being able to separate. And we call that group the distancing group. And these people are very concerned going forward, not about being in relationship, but about depending on another person and that they will lose the, 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 their sense of autonomy and their sense of self. Now, everybody needs a relationship to be sure. This only has to do with fears that come up once we start to depend on somebody. So say I am someone who's in that clinging group. We call them the, the waves. waves. Um, these people tend to be very fearful um, of of being dropped, they feel that they're too needy, they're they're too uh, uh, they're too uh, difficult to be with, and so they may do things to actually make that happen, make it happen where their partner gets frustrated with them. They feel ambivalent. They're kind of allergic to hope, so to speak. When they start to feel hope, they get very anxious and angry sometimes. Whereas um, islands, the distancing folks, islands, these people also want to be in a relationship, but once they start to depend on someone, they're afraid of their stuff, 
you know, you're going to take my money, my things, my autonomy, all of this. And this comes from real fears in childhood. This is not made up. It's not pathology. We consider it normal and simply an adaptation to environment. Mm-hmm. Now, people might think, well, gee, you have to be, um, you have to be uh, in the center, secure, or what we call an anchor, in order to be in relationship, and that is not true at all. You can be an island, and you can be a wave, and you can be, not only can, you should be perfectly happy. Think of it as cats and dogs living together in harmony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the folks who hear both of these descriptions and go, I-, I can relate to some of each of that. That's right. And most of us are ishy, right? Wavish, mm-hmm. islandish, anchorish. And that's really the point here. It's not to diagnose yourself. It's not to pigeonhole yourself. It's to understand what you might do when you get scared. You know, how predictable might you be? And if you start to learn someone and you know what to pick up, you start to learn how predictable is this person based on what I'm seeing? What is their, what is likely their childhood mm-hmm. based on how they behave? How could I work with this person in a way that understands them and not, and, and doesn't vilify or push them away? Okay, so when they get a copy of your, your book, they go through uh, the inquiry, so you can find out, folks, which one you are more inclined to be. You're going to have a good sense of that after you read Stan's book. So, and do, and do please take it with a grain of salt. I don't want people going out there bashing each other over the head, saying no. that you're an island. You're no, away. no, yeah. these are resources. Yeah. Our listeners know that. There, there, no, no bashing. Oh, We've got enough bashing going on. Enough bashing. Yeah. We're, we're interested in love, Stan. Yeah. We're interested in getting close and finding resources like yours that are going to help us do that. So let's let's. Take a couple scenarios in, in the context of dating. Yes. Let's say we've got a wave and she's doing online dating and she's, uh, we're going to talk about age a little bit later, but right now we're going to say uh, somebody who's been around the relationship block a few times. Okay. We're going to put you somewhere in the midst of I've had a long term relationship. I'm on my own. OMG, what am I doing here? Okay, a wave. Let's just just go over some of the broad strokes of a wave person dating. The wave person dating, and um, and you know, I want people to understand because people might think that a wave is more feminine or female, but in fact, as a clinician, I got to tell people that there are plenty of male waves and plenty of female islands. Just well, to set that straight. Let's record. pick a, Let's make him a guy. Okay, let's make him a guy. However you identify gender-wise, for all my listeners, LBGT, LMNOP, QR, right, whatever there you, go. you identify as, this is going to be gender, um, let's do gender male right now. Uh, okay, sure. Person. You know, because there's all, you know, we, we want to be fair here, but we're going to do gender male for this scenario. Okay, so so the, the way that, uh, that dates... Uh, might be, um, well, is going to be anxious. By the way, everyone's going to be anxious. But the way may be a little bit more anxious uh, about <clears throat> appearing to, and like I said, um, wantful, needful, um, is, is going to be a, a lot more sensitive in many times in reading their partner. They may be more chatty, ways love, love to talk. They're very expressive. Generally speaking, ways are a little more expressive than the rest of the group. Um, they tend to be very interested in the other person. So uh, get ready for someone who's a good listener and someone who's emotionally connected to you and so on. Um, uh, they, they have close relationships. They tend to have a lot of friends. And, um, and they 
think through a lens of meaning. You know, imagine, um, you know, if you see the world through through a lens of meaning and emotion, not specificity, not linearity, not in terms of uh, of facts necessarily, but the gist of things, right? The meaning of things. And so, get ready for someone who is thinking in that manner. Uh, they're not thinking in terms of precision and language and so on. Okay. And in general, let's talk about the <clears throat> island. The island, generally speaking, not always, um, is a little more reserved. They're, they're not as expressive in the face. Their answers are not as long. It's, it's kind of like, yep, nope. Uh, they can talk about themselves quite a bit, but when it comes to relationship, they're not wordsmiths, and uh, they're not really good at that. Um, they tend to be a little more secretive, a little more, uh, they keep their, their cards close to their chest. Um, they are, um, they may roam their eyes a little bit more. They may not be as interested uh, in discussion or interaction. They may not be as emotionally connected, but they may also be that way as well. Um, islands are, are a little bit more concerned about how they look, how they appear, how they come off in terms of how, how they do it, you know, with money and with, with youth and beauty and power. Um, all of those things may be a little bit more uh, part of the conversation. Um, but again, I don't want to caricature these people. Um, there are plenty of islands who are emotionally connected, plenty of waves who are a little more flat, a little more, uh, you know, intellectually minded. Um, but the island looks through the world through a prism of, of logic, reason, and, um, and sequence. So they actually see the world a little bit differently. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not good people. These are both good people. But it's almost like two sides of, of the brain. Um, one is uh, very much into languaging and, and reason. The other one is much more into the big picture and emotion. Okay, let's talk about chemistry here. It's a great place, I think, to, to insert that. Uh, the tension of opposites, how does that fit into chemistry? Do waves attract islands and vice versa? Or is there something deeper going on when we uh, are talking about connection? And then let's talk about intention versus that uh, unconscious or you call it non-conscious kind of connection that people experience when they go, oh, this we get back, excuse me, right after the break, right here on Marion Live, more with Dr. Stan Tatkin. His book, Wired for Dating, get a copy while you're online during the break. We'll be back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. I swear. 
swear to God I can feel all the daters out there. You are sitting at the edge of your seat, wherever you are. You pulled the car over. You're like, oh, my God, someone's got some help for me here. Yes, Stan Tatkin is with us. He does have the help. We, we're going to do some self-inquiry here in the book. We're going to find out our types. It's going to help us better navigate our tendencies when we meet another person, okay? He breaks it down. It's so useful to have these skills, these lenses, to help us understand our tendency as we move in relationship. But we were talking about before the break, uh, chemistry, uh, understanding chemistry from where does it come, what does it mean when we feel this way or that, and, and is it about the tension of opposites between islands and waves? Stan's going to help us understand that now. Well, their opposites do attract, but we have to understand that uh, that's opposite on certain levels, right? Um, those of us who work with couples know that at the bottom, uh, because people pick by recognition, people are uh, are more alike than not alike. Partners are definitely more alike than not alike. So that's going to be hard for the average person to really understand uh, because we're looking uh, in a different way than partners are looking. But uh, nature really takes its own course when we meet someone. The chemistry really has to do with chemistry. We are actually on drugs when we are infatuated with somebody. And these drugs are very particular, and most of them, many of them, um, alter our judgment. So nature doesn't care about long-term relationships. We have to understand that. There is no nature plan for that. It's about four years, have a baby, four years, uh, split up, uh, mix up the gene pool. That's, that's us in the wild. So uh, the rest of this is, is a construct of our, uh, of our society. So that's great, but we are on our own, <laughs> so to speak, when it comes to long-term relationship. In the beginning, we are sussing each other out in terms of whether we have the right chemistry, immune systems, and so on, to pair bond and have a baby. Uh, but also, we may just want to be hooking up, and that may be fine. Uh, has nothing to do with long-term relationship. The, that first part is, is intended to jettison, jettison us into another phase of relationship. And for many people, that rocket just drops off, dies, and nothing else happens, and they just start again. For others, it uh, continues on into uh, another phase and then another phase of relationship. So it depends on what you're after, by the way. Mm -hmm. Some people are dating just to hook up, but they have no interest in long-term relationship. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's important to, sorry, I, I cut you off here, but I, I think I know where you're going, which is vetting, Sherlocking all of this. Yes, yes right. Okay, good. So in the beginning, if you're going to really want to know who you're with, um, be careful with alcohol because that changes your, uh, the, the, uh, the perception of, of um, how the person looks and the symmetry of their face. Make sure it's not a dark room. Make sure it's not a noisy room. The, the more commotion going on around, the less you're able to perceive, you're, the less you're able to actually pick up, which is why people get shocked. They meet somebody in a bar or at a dance and everything. Yeah. They go home and they wake up and they go, who is this person? I don't even recognize them. Beer goggles. Right, beer goggles. <laughs> and, it, and a lot of it has to do with our visual system. Uh, our visual system uh, is, has two parts to it. One is that at distance. If we say lust is at a distance, at a distance we're looking at gross physical anatomy. And we have to understand that when we look at details, the brain will fill it in if we're not at a very close distance. So at a very, very close distance with good lighting and not a lot of commotion going around, we use a different visual system that focuses on the fine muscles of the face and the eyes. Stan, 
Dan's going to start selling miners' lights, okay? When you're on a date, you've got a little headband with a light on it. Bring it there with you. Go. you. Okay. And then, and then bring a stethoscope and so on. Yeah, um, right. but, but so if people understand this, then enjoy it. That's fine. Enjoy it. But this is not real. Um, this, this is nature putting you on a love cocktail and wanting you to procreate. So good. But that's not a relationship uh, in terms of what we're talking about. A relationship of the kind I'm talking about begins to occur when we start to select this person as a primary. This is the person that we think of living to, living together with, or we're going to be, um, we're going to be exclusive with, right? And that's when we start to automate uh, the other person because everything new becomes old very soon. We're going to automate this new person. They're, they're going to lose their novelty, uh, as, as we will with them. And we begin to see them as deep family. They become proxies for everybody who came before, and that's when the fun begins. Because everything we feared about depending on another person is now going to start to bubble up. Yeah, remember that expression, love brings up everything unlike itself? Yeah, okay, I think Carl Jung might have said that, but, you know, like pulling it up from the unconscious because it wants to be known, right? Well, yes, we want to be known. We want someone to find the baby in us. And, of course, we need to find the baby in our partner. That's one of the major tasks. The the reason I got into this field, I was studying mother-infant pairs, and I wanted to work with prevention. And then I found that, really, adult pair bonding is almost identical to childhood uh, caregiver attachment. And with one major difference, and that has to do with asymmetry. But other than that, we're talking about a relationship that is unlike any other except our earliest relationships. Therefore, it's incumbent upon us, if we're going to get into that kind of relationship, that we take it seriously, that we find the baby in our partner, that we stay present, that we know each other better than we know ourselves. We have our partner's owner's manual. And as I said in the beginning, that we think in terms of survival. Um, that this is not a luxury, this is a necessity, mm. that if two people are not protecting each other, if they're not fully mutual and collaborative, they don't have each other's backs, they are, in fact, exposed to the environment as they would be if they were alone. Yeah, okay, so for those of you whose bubble just burst, okay, get a washcloth, a cup of tea, because the truth is, is it's work. We need to do the work if we want to reap the rewards. So. I know some of you are out there like, oh, yeah, I got it. The common denominator in this relationship is that I need some tools, <laughs> right? For the rest of us, we're waiting now uh, for, for the review for some of you who sort of know this landscape. And you're like, okay, I know I'm an island. I get it. I want this kind of relationship. Uh, I'm out there again. But I notice I keep falling in the hole, right? I keep choosing that same type of person. <clears throat> that I just can't get off that story. What do we want to say to those people? Like, how do I find something new that's really healthy for me? You don't have to find something new. Your picker is fine. I wrote an article on this. Your picker is fine. Um, your picker has done well for, you know, for the millennia. This is, this is uh, built into the brain over, over uh, thousands of years. What is a problem is that you pick someone who is like someone else or others that you know, including yourself, and your trouble with them is that you still don't know how to handle them. You still don't know how to handle this aspect of your, of your father or your mother or your ex. And then we don't like that which we don't handle well. That's one problem. And the, and the other one, perhaps even bigger, I want people to understand that before you even get into a relationship, think not about the person you want, but the relationship you want. What should it be? 
what should this relationship be? Should it be something where we are both open and honest with each other, fully transparent, where we put the relationship first, where we have each other's backs, where we agree to protect each other in public and private? That's the person you want, the one who's willing to play. They could be the most messed up person on the planet, but if they are willing to play, if they say to you, I've been there, I've done that, I understand who I am, I don't want to do this anymore, consider that person. Uh, because that's what you want. You want someone who's willing to play secure functioning with you. I'm in. I'll do it. Right. I'm a pain in the butt like you are, but I'll still do it. Right. right. And your book really does help folks get there. So some of you are like, yeah, that's what I want. But I don't even know how to ask this person if they're married. I'm just terrified. I'm locked up. I haven't been out there for years. Or or more, the, the, the story that's going around is I'm too old. And, and honestly, this applies to 25-year-olds who think you have to be 18. I mean, it really is a very limiting story. Let's, let's talk to that. How are we going to get folks from this sort of paralysis or what you call dating jitters into the vetting process? Like, what can get us kick-started? Well, first of all, are you too old to have a friend? I mean, that's nonsense. Are you too old to have a, part, a companion? Are you too old to have somebody who uh, would agree with you um, that life is better together as long as we take care of each other and we operate in a way, in a manner that is fair and just? Um, no one's too old for that, ever, ever. So that's nonsense. Um, this, this is about not picking the perfect person again. It's about picking... A, a relationship lets you and I get together and, and, and join together and take common fears off the table. We're not going to threaten the relationship. We're going to make each other feel absolutely, unequivocally safe and secure. Why? Because we can. We decided to do this. Mm-hmm. When we talk about secure functioning, it's a decision. It's not magic. It's not, doesn't, it's not, soul, it's not your soulmate coming down from the planet. Mm-hmm. It is an agreement. Here's an example. We have street people who are crazy, and they are secure functioning. They get it. They know each other very, very well. They protect each other. We have cop car partners. We have people who are in the armed services that they, they are expected to do this on your, on your uh, taking care of your people around you. So this is a doable thing. It's not a unicorn. Yeah, great. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about how making that shift, we talked about it earlier, the ontological reality shift, this is a we proposition. Uh, what are some of the specifics that you can do to uh, uh, vet your partner when we get back? And then uh, when we come to the top of the hour, we're going to find out how to get involved in some workshops and, and uh, get closer to this work right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. 
MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlife.com, core certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area, www.marianlive.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, let's get on board here. We're we're out there. We're we're we know what we want. We want a relationship. We we like what Stan said, and and we're yet yeah, we're terrified. We we don't even know how to approach some of the big important asks. Right, the big questions that are going to make all the difference for us to be in real relationship. Let's go, Stan. What do we do? Well, we do have a lot of work to do here in terms of our, our gender identities over the over the, the decades. And though that's changed, it hasn't in many ways changed enough. When I think of partnership, I'm not thinking of gender roles. Gender roles are fine as long as people understand why they're doing it and that they are generals, two generals in a relationship, the roof of the house, the, the power couple. They're the leaders of everybody. And what I want to get across to people that the partnership you want is the one of shared power. You are, uh, you know, you are a king and queen, or king and king, or queen and queen. It doesn't really matter. You, you are, um, you are the top of the food chain. And I expect when I see partners act and interact, I expect them uh, to be equals, to uh, to have shared power. Which means that whether it's a he or a she, that they hold each other's feet to the fire. There is no more giving way because of your role, uh, your gender role. This is an important thing because children need their parents to both be in love and good managers of each other. They want to see their parents handle each other. That's, by the way, how kids learn how to handle their parents, is by seeing the opposite parent handle the one that seems difficult. So we need to re-educate people, and hopefully we're trying to get this into the culture as well, uh, about how relationships really do work. It has to be, uh, like we've said before, fair, just, and sensitive. But both people have to take their position. They have to stand to stand up to the other person. They have to they have to hold them in. And I like to say to people, parenting doesn't end with parenting. Parenting continues in adulthood, and it, and it definitely continues in the adult romantic relationship. We are boyfriend and girlfriend. Hopefully, throughout the relationship, we're also sometimes mother and father. Sometimes we're siblings. Sometimes we're this or that. But to be able to play all those different roles. Both people very strong, both of them uh, forced to be reckoned with, with by the world. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a powerful situation, mm-hmm. two people of power. Oh, and it's so compelling. I hear those words, and 
And like you, I, I had a really great relationship, but I worked for it, and I yeah. know you did too. Yeah. And people, it is worth the work. And for those of you who are in one of those relationships, you're like, yes, I love this. I'm listening because I'm trying to brush up on my skills. I you know, have friends who are dating. My mom is out there dating. My dad, my daughter, my sister, you know. This is a big, we, we, there's a lot of work to do to get it um, into the we proposition. Okay, we're coming up to the top of the hour, Stan, and, and there's so much here. We've got to get the book, people, wild, Wired for Dating. There's a lot here. It's spelled out so well for you. Uh, Stan has devoted his entire life to understanding uh, relationship and connection, and his, his whole adult career is devoted to helping you do this well. So know that when you get a copy of the book. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your um, what you call the couple bubble campaign in today's uh, me-centric age, you call it. You've alluded to it, but let's spell it out for folks. Well, the couple bubble really refers to the, uh, the idea that the couple uh, is creating a third thing, the relationship. We tend to think of that as an, as an abstraction, but and it is. But there is actually a third entity that we create when we have a relationship. You and I will create a, a, a completely different relationship, like a fingerprint, that if we lose this relationship, we can never get it back again. Only that one exists, so we protect it. It becomes our ecosystem, our our uh, our uh, environment, the water we drink, the air we breathe, and so you, we become stewards of that system. Mm-hmm. That's safety and security. We protect each other, even from each other. Um, we we determine what third elements will come in and and steal or or take or um, partake in our resources, and who will not. Mm-hmm. We understand that uh, that there uh, that there are winners and losers, and we can't be the losers. Other people bidding for our resources may have to lose. In other words, we understand um, that what we do together serves everyone around us and below us, and we jealously uh, uh, protect each other and our resources so that we can serve those people. This is, uh, again, a reality issue. It's not, it's not about exclusion. It's a reality issue. It makes us stronger, better. And people who understand this aren't working so hard. They get it. They understand that if we mess up this couple bubble, if we, um, if we disturb the field, so to speak, and so that one of us is not feeling secure, then both of us are going to have a big problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is a campaign. A lot of folks out there who are single who are just keep showing up and trying again and you're just ready to give up, don't give up. No. This is really available for you. There is not, not one, but maybe dozens of people that are potentially really good fits for you for partnership. You want to get a copy of Stan's book. You want to be part of this couple bubble campaign. I know it. We, we do. Uh, for those of you out there, don't give up. Stan, we're coming to the top of the hour. What do we want to leave folks with today? I, you know, I think do not get discouraged. Everything you said, I think I, I, I really believe. I know I really believe. Yeah. Um, uh, this is about not. A, it, it, <laughs> this is about finding somebody who's willing to play with you, and be serious as an adult that this is something we do for each other because we can, and we realize that not doing it has dire consequences. It's right. So, so figure out the kind of relationship that you want, and make sure it's not just good for you, but also good for the other person. Yeah, beautiful, because here's the thing, and let's just recap that. This is serious, and it's okay to be serious in a world where everybody's trying to seduce everybody else at the surface. 
This is an old paradigm. We all can feel it. We're, we're really reeling from it. Our, our politics, our, our world is reflecting the shadow of that. Yeah. What you're craving is available. What we have to do is name it. Stan's helping us do that. We have to know how to navigate it and have the skill set and the tools to be able to find the other folks who want what we want. Do not give up. It is available for you. And accept nothing else. Accept <laughs> nothing else. Thank you for that. Beautiful. It's so good to have you back. You Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. This book is a Bible for folks wired for dating. Get a copy, people, right away. It's available wherever fine books are sold. Uh, you're also, you've got a website for folks. Let's direct them to it now. StanTankin.com. We have many retreats coming up in, uh, in Italy and in the back east and the west coast, so you can find us there. Gorgeous. Thanks for being with us. We hope you come back again. Love you. All right. Love you, too. Sit tight, everybody. Feel the love. We'll be back for our wrap right here on Marian Live right after these messages. Be a good father is the most important job in a man's life, but it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch, go to a park or visit a zoo, help your child with their homework, sit down together for dinner, ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short, but the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven four dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net where positive overcomes negative. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I needed you today. I, I needed you, and uh, I'm hoping some of what we offered you is useful and helpful and uh, really does contribute to your ongoing practice to attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable, serious relationships. You deserve it. So, next week to help you do more of the same here, uh, we're taking another direction. The Emotional Edge is the title of Crystal Morissette's book. She's going to be with us here on Mary Ann Live. Don't miss out. And, by the way, get on our mailing list if you're not already. We'll give you a heads up about who's coming, who's on our site, where you can get more information about the offers I've got. I'm teaching all kinds of classes and workshops myself these days, and I uh, would love to have you participate in and all the different ways that we have available for you. Well, we love you here at Marion Live and uh, HealthyLife.net Radio. We'll see you next week. And uh, third part of your practice, go do something for somebody else today and don't let them know you did it. Uh, maybe go get a copy of Wired for Dating for somebody. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you next week. <laughs>